Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, March 17th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Adioye Jr., and joining me is Imran, the Don Khan. Imran, how's it going, dude? It's going okay. I'm trying to figure out if growing a quarantine beard is a thing you do, or that's actually unhealthy. See, so I'm actually in the process, Mm because I've decided, I know, like, I know advice has said, hey, don't grow a beard because it that'll make you more prone to being sick. But I figure, hey, you only live once. Am I right, Emron? Go hard or go home. I'm growing the full beard. Uh, right now, people can't see me, but I look uh, kind of like, uh, what's his name? Tim Allen and the Santa Claus. That, okay, that that's the right reference? that that is a reference. I don't know that's a reference I would go for, but that works. Yeah, no, that's where that's where I'm at right now. Uh, but no, I I am doing the thing though. Like in all seriousness, I'm doing the thing where I I haven't been shaving, and I just want to see where this will go because I'm I I haven't really done that. Like I've not really done the thing where I'm like I'm not going to shave for let's say three weeks. Usually, mm-hmm. I'm very regular <laughs> in my shaving habits, but I kind of want to see now that I'm not going to be outside much. And so that, that's kind of my plan currently. I I kind of just like the idea of emerging from quarantine with like a like a foot long beard. Yeah. And just being I, like, how long has it been? What year is it? I I really liked uh, season. I want to say it was season five, Rick in The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. where it was it was like the season where he said the quote like We are the Walking Dead, right? He comes out of like a barn looking like Abraham like abraham from the bible I, i'm trying to get that kind of beard but we're gonna see that might be ambitious but godspeed how's the quarantine treating you you're this is your first time on a or this is your second time actually doing a KF podcast via zencaster via the internet uh, because we did the do eternal review yesterday which people can check out today this morning because it's up right now uh are you are you hanging in there i'm doing i mean i work for home for three years like this is just to me i feel like oh i'm the expert here everyone else is coming into my world so i yeah i've already lived this life and it the sign of the times for me yesterday was when i ordered dinner and the they didn't ask they just put the dinner outside and then told me it was there i was like "Oh, oh yeah that's the world we live in now yeah are you are you stocked up because uh, I've been I, hearing things about toilet paper being out of stock. Though I smartly, once I saw this was going bad, I was like, I should go to the grocery store right now and just stock up on a bunch of things. I don't have a lot. Of, I, I don't know that I have three weeks worth of things, but I have three weeks worth of toilet paper. And so I'm good on that end, at least. That's good. Yeah, I'm, gl- I'm, I'm glad you're doing good. But today we're not going to talk about toilet paper. Today's stories <laughs> include Nintendo's Indie World Stream, incoming PlayStation 5 news, and more. Because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show now it's time for some housekeeping our doom eternal review is live now like i said earlier you can check that out on your games cast feed or on youtube.com slash kind of funny games it's me imran andy and a rare nick appearance 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 on gamescast to talk about doom eternal our, all our thoughts with it and um, we'll talk later in the show about the doom review roundup because we have that as a new story um also 
we were supposed to host the core reveal party stream this week on kind of funny but working from home means that can't happen so what we'll do is we'll do a big stream where we play core with you and build multiplayer games but that isn't happening this week instead support core uh they're an alpha and you can sign up to create your own multiplayer games and play them instantly with the world go to coregames.com to get in the alpha get creating and get ready for our stream plus you can catch the team streaming on twitch.tv slash core live thank you to our patreon producers muhammad muhammad momo Drew Gardner, Blackjack, and the kind of funny Destiny 2 PC clan today. We're brought to you by Hymns and Manscaped, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A Baker's Dozen! Starting off with number one. By the way, good job, Kevin. You bodied that. Yeah, that's like some. I, there's some echo here, which is great. I think for that, a baker's dozen. Oh yeah, no, that's yeah. what it needs. Yeah, I figured, I figured that like, out, and I was just like, oh, I'm gonna go hard on this one. It's a real Michael Buffer. Like you could totally yeah. ready to rumble right now. Let's start with number one. Uh, let's recap Nintendo's indie world stream. Uh, Imran, were you able to tune in for this one? I did. I just watched it. Nice. What were your overall thoughts on it? Uh sleepy. It like. In comparison to last year, it wasn't as good, but mm-hmm. there was a lot of little cool games, but nothing that like leapt out at me like, oh shit, they're doing that, or oh man, this is coming, or this indie game is coming. It's like a lot of, oh yeah, that's that's kind of cool. I'll, I, yeah. I will probably buy that when it comes out, maybe. That's kind of where me, Greg, and Tim kind of came down on it, was like, you look back at last year, and it feels like they had more, oh shoot, like, oh, like crap, this looks amazing kind of announcements, you know, being things like Cuphead coming to Switch or uh, Cadence of Hyrule. Like, there were more of those moments. Whereas, like, this one, like, it wasn't, like, a bad stream by any means. Like, there was a good amount of diverse, you know, different... Like, there was a good, um, uh, yeah, a good diverse amount of games here, right? Between the Cyanide and Happiness game and Quantum League and The Last Campfire. Like, there were, like, a lot of great-looking games here. Exit, Exit the Gungeon. But overall, like, it was one of those things where either, like, you know, a, quite a few, quite a few of these games we've already heard about, and then I feel like for the other ones, it was like, yeah, like these look like fun games. Like nothing really leapt out as crazy. Yeah, like Good Life, for example, is a game I thought was coming to Switch. So when they showed more of it, I'm like, was this not announced already? Or did we not assume this is coming? But I guess it wasn't, and that it's cool to have that confirmation. But you could have given me that confirmation in a tweet, honestly, and I would have been yeah. fine. Yeah, I felt that I felt a similar way about quite a few of these, but let's go through each of them, right? So they they start off with Blue Fire, announced by Graffiti Games. It's an iNinja Ninja looking game, which actually might be my favorite uh, takeaway from this indie stream. Yeah, like I really like how Blue Fire looked. Um, I was like big into iNinja Ninja back in. It was like a <laughs> PS2 GameCube game. I don't know if you remember iNinja. Ninja. I think I um, owned a GBA version or something really? like that. Oh, yeah, that's an interesting version to own of that game, but. Yeah, it's basically like a 3D platformer where you play as like a cute ninja. This is what I ninja is. In Blue Fire, I don't know if you're a ninja specifically, but you are like a cute, like, I think, I'd have to rewatch it, but it might be like a samurai kind of character. But um, yeah, you're a cute, like, platforming character doing some, like, third-person action type stuff. Looks fun, looks interesting. Biograffiti Games um, is coming out summer 2020. Uh, they then went on to show off Baldo by Naps Team, which is an open-world action RPG. That's coming out summer 2020. And, like, most of these, if not all of these, are timed exclusive for Switch. 
Yeah. Um, which I thought was pretty cool to see. Our console time exclusive. That's important yeah. wording because it still means you can have it on mobile and you can have it on Steam, but you can't have it on PS4 or uh, Xbox One quite yet. Yes, exactly. Uh, they also showed off I Am Dead, uh, developed by Hollow Ponds, published by Annapurna, coming out 2020, which looked that pretty looks, cool. Like, yeah, that's a cool concept. I'm interested in that game. Yeah, Annapurna, I feel like, has that name where if their name is on a game, you know to pay attention to it. Like I've talked to their like, now. I've talked to their publishing arm before, and honestly, a lot of their reasoning for what games they pick is this sounds interesting. Like this is not what anything else is like on the market. So they go for that sort of stuff. And I think that's honestly a really good way to be an indie publisher is go for this stuff that no one else is looking at. And sometimes you're going to hit another park like uh, Outer Wilds or uh, what yeah. was that recent was one? It, were, were they Goose Game? Was Goose Game? No, that was – oh, God, I forgot the name. It's the same people who do the new little handheld thing. Oh. The, the game of day. Like the, the – the, I know what you're talking about. Like the crack yeah. thing? Yes. It's those oh. those guys like they don't publish games that often, but they saw the Goose Game and like let's publish this. Nice, but yeah, Annapurna does have like a good uh, portfolio, you know, between yeah. Outer Wilds and uh, I believe they were What Remains of Edith Finch. Um, and that then, uh, right. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna type in Annapurna because I know one I don't want to get it wrong, but also like I know they 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 have quite a few like they have a good diversity uh, of games over there. Um, also kind of funny.com slash you're wrong me if, 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 if what remains of Edith Finch is an Annapurna but uh, Bark by Interstellar Arc by TikTok Games is also shown off it's a couch multiplayer sh- uh, shoot 'em up coming out late 2020 looks cute it was... doesn't look that all that interesting but whatever yeah. I mean games don't need to necessarily be interesting they just need to be good it seems like it could be a fun like they I mean they advertise it as a couch multiplayer game and I feel like maybe getting your hands on it in that environment can make it really shine in a way that watching it in a trailer doesn't really make it shine. I, I, could, I could see that game end, ending up being fun, but yeah, I, I'm with you that like upon first viewing in during this Nintendo Indie World stream, it didn't necessarily jump out at me. Yeah. But I do like the the name and the style of it being like Bark and then you're playing as like pets. Yeah, I want more dog games. Same. Uh, then there was Cyanide and Happiness Freak Apocalypse coming out summer 2020, which I I I am intrigued by. I want to play it. I don't know if in reality I'm gonna play it, but it gave me South Park Stick of Truth vibes, which is never a yeah, bad thing for me. That was my first reaction to. It was like, okay, I like the comic, and like I like the comic when I see it. I've never sought the comic out, but I yes. look at that. I was like, okay, this could be reasonably funny. Let's just. But there's the trailer didn't give me a good sense of it. It just like okay, this is like South Park. So sure, let's go for it. Yeah. And then we have Summer in Mera, which is coming out spring 2020. That um, was the one that was most intriguing to me. Well, like, what, what intrigued you about it? I don't know. I just the it looks super cute. It looked like a fun little romp, and I was like, okay, I can I can truck with this. This is a. It didn't look like anything else that they showed in that indie reel. It it looked like it just a fun, positive, pleasant game. Yeah, it looks like it. It looked like maybe like an Animal Crossing ish, Zelda ish, like Oceanhorn type of game. Like it, it struck yeah. all those notes with me, which are like all good things. And so I'm I'm curious to see like what kind of splash it makes when it comes out because it seems like from what it's doing stylistically and what it what and the vibes that it's going for, it seems like it could strike a similar 
vibe and tone with people that like those types of games. This was a good direct for cute games. Like, if you like cute games, was. this was all about that. Well, one of the things that me and uh, me, Tim and Greg talked about in our reaction was it seemed like a lot of these games are Apple Arcade games. Like, yes. there seems to be a. a Thus, the wording. Sort of, yeah, like, and I don't know if it's a thing where games are coming out on Apple Arcade and now because this is, it's the spring after, games are now shifting to Switch, or if it's a thing where developers are feeling more inspired to make mobile games that cross over into console games like mobile games that don't have the stigma of mobile games if that mm-hmm. makes sense like i don't know if, if if that's what developers are going for but there does seem to be like a certain vibe or like a certain consistency of like cuteness going on in the games which i'm not going to complain about because i'm always i'm into a cute game i mean if you look at what sells on switch in terms of indie games like cuteness is one of those things that tends to work out quite well especially i mean even just indie games in general plus if like the Apple Arcade crossover, I think, is... I don't know how those contracts are worded, but I would not be shocked if they specifically exclude PC and Switch. Or... Oh, and like, really? Like, yeah, that's, like... That's actually a good point. If they say, like, okay, it ha- you can't put it on Android, but you can put it on, like, consoles and PC, Switch seems to be the best place to sell indie games right now, aside on, on consoles, and yeah. obviously PC is, like, an open market where you can either achieve huge success or not be known at all, but... That seems like the best spread, like because Apple will pay you for your game, and everyone else you can just sell it. Yeah. Uh, next up, they showed up. They showed off Quantum League, which I is played a game that that's been around before. That like I think like it's been at PAXs and stuff, and it's basically a a shooter, like an arena shooter that has a time mechanic where you go in rounds, and then like say you do a thing your first round. The second round, that same loop happens, but now you're coming through and you're you're basically participating in that same first round loop, but you're adding to it. Um, I've heard great things about it. I've never tried it, and I've always wanted to try this game. And the fact that it's the, coming out on Switch is really cool. Yeah, I played the beta on PC, and like it was really interesting. I I don't know that... It, no, I, it, it's really interesting. I, I would love to see the meta that comes out of it. But yeah. I, like, I, I'm very curious how that will play on Switch. And then we have The Good Life, which is a, dog, or a game where you play as pets, uh, and you solve mysteries. Yeah, I guess it's coming out twenty twenty. Yeah, that's Square's new game. Uh, I, I'm interested in that game just because it's Square. But again, like they've been talking about that game for about two and a half to three years now. So I, at this point, I just like just put it out and I want to play it. That's it. And then after we had the last campfire by Hello Games coming out mm-hmm. summer twenty twenty, which is one we've seen before. And every time I see a trailer for it. I can't get the fact that it looks so much like Journey out of my head. Yeah. Like, it they, looks just like a cute Journey. They announced that, I think, uh, Game Awards 2018, possibly 2019. But yeah, it was. It looks really cool. I I hope... I like it when indie games... And this is so blatantly emotionally manipulative. I like it when indie games have this, like, song that they've written specifically for the game that, like, they have a very, like nice soothing woman crooning a oh, <laughs> like oh, i know exactly i know exactly what you're talking about it's like the thing that got me to love transistor basically yeah no i'm i'm with you the game mm-hmm. looks looks cool like i what are your thoughts on this game as the and follow-up feels like the wrong word to use in this case because it doesn't really seem like it's a it's it's them trying to follow up on it but it being their next game after no man's sky what is what what's your take on that 
It's interesting because, like, if it if it was a year and a half ago, you would never have Sean Murray out there introducing this. It would have just been like that other guy just saying he's a designer and like that's it. So it speaks to how like they've earned a lot of trust back, and that's good for them as a company as a developer that they can go like, yeah, we're the developers of No Man's Sky. What of it, bitch? And yeah, that's that'll allow them to just do these quirky little ideas and slowly earn back more and more trust of. Yeah, we were the Joe Danger guys too. We weren't just No Man's Sky. We've made smaller games before. Believe in us that we can do something cool. What do you feel like? And this is this is a question that we're not gonna have the answer to. But I just want like for speculation's sake, right? What do you feel like their vision is as a studio? Because they've had such an interesting arc between yeah, starting off with Joe Danger and Joe Danger Two, going on to No Man's Sky, which is like a big like I mean gigantic right, eighteen quintillion planets, something like that. Uh, like procedurally generated open world survival game and then going back or not even going back but then pivoting to something that is a seems seems to be like a cute narrative kind of serene no no to little dialogue kind of experience like this type of type of indie game do you feel like last campfire they're they're developing in response to maybe the the reaction in no man's sky or do you feel like this is just them as a studio being like, hey, we're going to do whatever the fuck we want. I don't think it's specifically the reaction, but I do think there is some degree of going like, yeah, the re- the response to No Man's Sky scared us. Like, that it was so much more work than they thought it was going to be. People reacted so much more viscerally than they thought that they had to kind of go... Like, I'm sure this game was, like, in planning stages when they were making No Man's Sky before they got the death threats and all that stuff but mm-hmm. i think this is them going okay we we've made these kind of games before let's just make the game we want to make and not worry about everyone's expectations that are currently on us let's just make mm-hmm. the game that we feel is right for this moment and this does seem like it a very personal interesting game to them yeah like i feel like the natural progression i would have expected from them would to be like an would be to make another first person survival game or no man's sky 2 or like some sort of iteration on the idea like on the grand ideas that they had from no man's sky but i think this almost feel like feels like a smarter decision to be like hey we're going to just make something small and intimate and you're not going to look at it through the lens that you looked at no man or you're not going to look at it through the lens that you would have on after that experience of releasing no man's sky you're going to look at it through its own lens because this is such a unique thing from what we just made um that like i like nobody's really criticizing or or nobody nobody this game is not coming under scrutiny you know it be it, it coming right. from hello games um which i think no is one's, something about it no one is gonna have the all the expectations on the world on the last campfire they'll just be like yeah. oh this is a cute little game yeah next up we saw pixel junk eden 2 coming out summer 2020 which is one that tim gettys is really excited about it looks yeah. pretty cool it's been Eleven years since the last pixel, our last pixel junk Eden. So I'm excited is, for is, a new one. Has it really been that long? 2008, I think, was when the last game was released. That's crazy. I actually yeah. hadn't heard of Eden, um, but it looked cool. Like the trailer made me super into what was going on. Yeah, it looks really interesting. I think that was probably the most. That probably should have been the in one more thing I mentioned. Yeah, but it it's still a. It looks very cool. I. Of the games that were in this, I think this would be probably the one that I'd be most likely to like pre-order or like buy immediately. 
after that we had Feria, which was like a Hearthstone looking game coming out March 2020. I thought it was um, Hearthstone at first. I was like, "Does when did Hearthstone get like a hex thing?" But no, just very similar cards. Yeah, yeah. And then Eldest Souls coming out summer 2020, which I didn't really like. <laughs> I didn't understand what 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 the game was by the time the trailer ended. Partly because I was like in my phone taking notes because things were going by pretty quickly. It's but a Souls also, boss like, rush. Yeah, That's like it. by the time I by the time you get to the end screen and, and, and it said Elder Souls, I was like, "Oh, okay, this is gonna be like an indie Souls game. Cool." Yeah, I mean uh, that's it's funny that like everyone just feels the need to put the word souls in there just so you know what yeah. you're getting. But like even like Dead Cells, which is a game I absolutely love, like it's, it's the word cells still kind of invokes like the souls thing. Like it's still like cl- a close enough word that you could, you could yeah. tell that they wanted to kind of invoke some of that. And so I, I think I, we're I at the, pretty pretty interesting. We're at the point where they can stop doing that. Probably like it's been enough years. Dark Souls itself was also a decade old. We can move on to with the genre and just being a genre without necessarily invoking the name in the title we still we don't still have a good name for the genre we still call it a souls like but it's true we can still we can move on from the title see putting in there yeah like it's not like when guacamelee came out it, it, it wasn't called guacavania or like Castle yes like i it did have chojo statues but that's true <laughs> But I wonder at what point do we just do we move past that, like having to put souls in your name for people to understand that it is a souls game. Uh, then up next, we had an indie reel and I didn't catch every single game. I think I missed one or two, but basically they showed off Sky, Blair Witch, Sky Switch, Wingspan, Dicey Dungeons, Battle, Bounty Battle and Moving Out um, and then a couple others. But like for me and, and then they ended with Exit the Gungeon, that, which is out later today. And for me, like I said this on the reaction I feel like Sky would have been a better thing to maybe end end with, since that game is only on mobile currently. I yeah, I mean, there's a PS4 port coming, so maybe they just thought like, oh, well, it's not console exclusive, so we can't really do anything with it. So it's not really that interesting yeah. for this video. Yeah, but Exit, Exit the Gungeon, so them closing off with that, I thought was, one, Exit the Gungeon, I'm not like going to complain about it because like, it looks like a cool game. I know a lot of people love Enter the Gungeon, um, and... Imran, do you know Exit, Exit the Gungeon? Did it already come out for like arcade or something? Because I could have sworn yes. it was an okay. Apple Arcade launch game. Apple Arcade, that's what it was. In my mind, yes. I had it in like an actual arcade, and I was like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> but yeah, Apple Arcade, that's where I heard it from. Um, I mean, there was like I, I'm sure you went like at PAX or something. You saw like the arcade setup they had for it there. But yeah, it was an arcade launch game. I want to say I had it conflated because I think Devolver Digital at E3 announced like an arcade thing yes you're right there was and i think that's why i had it mixed up yeah i don't specifically remember what that was but i remember i know what you're talking about i know why you yeah. were getting confused kind of funny.com slash you're wrong you have more clarification clarification <laughs> on on what that was but yeah overall like it was like a good good stream right like i'm never i i can, I can never really complain about like a good handful of indies like being shown off by nintendo because like no matter what like as long as like the game's seem cool and seem diverse and all this stuff like i'm I'm gonna have a good a good time um yeah. but yeah at the end of the day i do wish that they had like that one more i wish the one more thing was a bit more like had a bit more pop right or i wish like even nintendo did do the thing more where i know last year when they uh gave Caden or gave zelda to the developers of um the cadence hyrule game i forget the i forget what their actual game is called raised yourself before it um what was that? Brace yourself, games. Oh yes, yeah. When yeah. when Nintendo gave Zelda to them, 
I know a lot of people are kind of hoping that they would do that more often, right? Like I would love, and this this is very specific and very big, and this wouldn't happen at least like right now, maybe in the future, but like Earthbound be given to Tony, Toby Fox, or like you know even even something more unique like Mario be being given to the Celeste developer, Matt Mix Games, or something like that, right? Like I would love to see more of that, but. You know, I, mean, I, think I don't think they'll ever do like thing. they'll probably never do make the same genre game like where it would be confusing. So they would never like give Matt Thorson so like give Mario sense. and say like make a Celeste game. But they would, I think, like they would probably like, play around with genres like Cadence of Hyrule. It's be like, okay, you make this kind of game. What if you had th-? like they wouldn't make War Groove Advance Wars, but maybe they'd make War Groove and here's Samus in it or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. And I want it. But Number yeah, two. like, I mean, oh, ahead, just to, this whole indie thing, it's when you think about how this was supposed to be a GDC event and the way this usually works is they put us in a hotel and then like tell us, hey, here's the guys that are actually making these games. Now go play the games and interview them. This makes more mm-hmm. sense. Removed from that, it seems a lot weaker and a lot sleepier. Yeah, I feel that. I can see that. Uh, Number two. We have new PlayStation 5 info coming. This comes from PlayStation's Twitter. They tweeted out earlier today, quote, Tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific time, that's tomorrow, March 18th, PS5 lead system architect Mark Cerny will provide a deep dive into PS5 system architecture and how it will shape the future of games. Watch tomorrow at PlayStation blog. Um, and then PSLWXOXO is recording tomorrow after the news. So stay tuned for that from Kind of Funny. But... Yeah, we got new PlayStation 5 info coming. Imran, do you have any sort of expectations for what we might see? I assume this is going to be basically the equivalent of what the PS4 conference, like the beginning of that conference was, when it was Mark Cerny just like standing on stage and seeing, saying 8 gigs of GDD, GDRR, oh God, GDDR5. Yeah. Uh, and then being like, just kind of going in like, look at all these pixels in a box that can, or, you know, the thing he says about those games or the system. And it's going to be mostly impenetrable, but I think like they'd be crazy if they're not already like partnering with Digital Foundry to explain what this means to a layman. Yeah, dude, Digital Foundry is having a week because I'm <laughs> I'm for sure expecting like a video coming tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow morning from them specifically. That's like 20 minutes long about like all the different things because like I this the the timing of it I think is curious, but like I don't necessarily have the like I don't have the tinfoil hat on right now, and I'm in, and I'm not I'm not necessarily thinking that this is in direct response to Xbox dropping their news yesterday. But I do think that tomorrow's stream will probably be them catching up to what Xbox has been kind of saying and kind of bringing them up, like bringing up PlayStation to a similar place as far as how information has kind of been disseminated up to this point. Yeah, in the information vacuum, they're actually kind of way behind at this point, which is yeah like, reasonable. It's it, Things are crazy right now, so it makes sense that plans are out of whack. Uh, but it does seem like this is them going, okay, we're not going to... I think this is more a response to Phil Spencer's blog a couple of weeks ago than it is the thing from this week. Yes, I agree. I agree. A Cork of Fate writes in and says, PS5 is ready to share more of what we have to look forward to. Do you think this is because they see Xbox is driving the agenda at the moment, or is that now that... Or is it that now they kind of know what Series X has to offer? They're confident enough in PS5 to reveal its stats. Hope you are all staying well, Quirk of Fate. Thank you, Quirk of Fate. 
So the rumors have been for a while that Sony is not coming out with as strong a box as Microsoft is. And granted, we have no idea if that's true. Like this, it's literally just rumors, but like, I think Microsoft is catching up on a deficit they had at the beginning of last generation where they had the more expensive but weaker box. And they, Phil Spencer has outright said the words, we're never going to come out weaker and more expensive, which assumes that they're going to fix both those things. That said, we'll find out. I mean, I assume what Mark Cerny is going to tell us tomorrow are things like GPU, processor, things that will give us a good idea of who has a stronger box. But also it might be a situation where like we, they are so similar or we're at an inflection point that it doesn't even matter who has a stronger box at this point if they're both roughly similar enough. Yeah, I think you're you're spot on with the idea that you know they're the timing for them now is right with with xbox having come out with the blogs and stuff a few weeks ago given the the quote we had from or quotes we've had from playstation i can't remember if these are rumored quotes or actually confirmed quotes but we've we've heard them pretty much say that we're waiting for xbox to go um yes to go as far as price goes yes yeah as far as price goes and like i think it's far like i i could see that then translating to the rest of their strategy like last last time around for a PS4 and Xbox One, right? Like PlayStation went first in terms of like the initial reveal and then they kinda went after like they kinda sandwiched Xbox in terms of information and so they went first, Xbox went after, and then E three, Xbox went first, and then PS five or PlayStation went after, uh, with the PS4 information and kinda kinda shut them down in that way. I can see them trying to go for that, like that last word moment. Like mm-hmm. with with even like these inf- like with the information kind of race that's going on now um right now in the race right like xbox is kind of in a good place and yeah like i've been seeing quite a few people uh like in social media and in general right like be either not concerned but feel like playstation is kind of tripping up in terms of letting xbox get out there and and speak and speak loudly and speak continually about what the xbox series x is going to be and so for them to come out for PlayStation to come out now feels like it's the right timing for sure. I, I wish they kind of wouldn't have said we were waiting for the competition. Cause like it kind of implies like an old school, like it, it does directly say like, yeah, these are competitions. And yeah. I think like both companies are currently on their back heels. It, it's not a, like, they're not both pushing forward. Like this is not a sumo match right now. Everyone is, I know for a fact Sony was not intending to rule things out this way. They had plans that, and the plans got scuttled because, again, there is a global pandemic, and it is you can't invite a thousand or two thousand people to an area, especially like to one building. Like, how do yeah. you, even at this point, like, how do you get writers from San Francisco to somewhere when there's a good chance the airport isn't going to be open soon? Like, yeah. it, it's stuff like that that Sony is actively thinking about right now i think they would have had an event by now or at least talked about this more openly but now they're thinking about how do we do this within the wider global picture and it's a lot it's a much harder discussion the nanobiologist writes in and says hi blessing and emron so tomorrow's the big day and we finally find out what exactly the ps5's potential will be but how do you think they'll handle it 
technical direct like their wi- like their wired articles so far or do you see them trying to reclaim more old sony and take jabs at what xbox has already announced are there already any points for microsoft you think sony will directly target like like the rumored all ps all playstation games can be played on the ps5 compared to xbox's curated list thanks the nanobiologist i don't see a situation where they ever do all playstation games without caveat can be played on the ps5 I, I think they will definitely say like they'll push they'll push the idea of hey we're going to do backwards compatibility for every generation except for PS3, but I don't think it's going to be you put a PS2 disc in. I think it's going to be we have more PS2 games. Here's a curated list like the way the Xbox 360 backwards compatibility works. I think if they take jabs at Xbox tomorrow, it's going to seem real tone deaf. I think they will probably at some point, especially if Microsoft falls down somewhere. But I don't think they can count on the idea anymore of it worked so well for them with the PS4 reveal and the Xbox, you know, tripping on their shoelaces. But they can't they have to put out the the impressive box versus the better box. And that is a again, a harder thing to do. I I think what they're going to do is they're gonna say this is the future of gaming, here is why. And I'm interested. In, I'm excited to find out how they present that message, but I do not believe it is going to be from the old Sony perspective of here's how you play used games on the PS4. It worked really well in 2013. I don't think it's going to work as well right now. Yeah, I think things have just changed. E3 being kind of, I mean, not even kind of, E3 being irrelevant this year in the conversation, um, kind of changes things like. Xbox and their mindset as a as a company and as like Phil Spencer like they they're not trying to place themselves in competition directly with PlayStation even though there is even though they are still in competition with PlayStation like there's this weird kind of balance going on of companies trying to do their own thing and exist in their own ecosystem and trying not to be directly competitive while at the same time being directly competitive. I think if PlayStation came out and started throwing jabs at Xbox, like like they did in 2013 right now it comes off as petty and comes off as weird because yes. it is kind of like that. The, the meme of Scarlet witch in, in Endgame being like, you took everything from me and Thanos being like, I don't even know who you are. Like, I like, mean, it's, it's less, it's, it's less that and more like, here's my old high school rival, but now we're like 25 years old. We're not rivals anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's that kind of thing where it's like the, it, it, it's a weird, like, like at this point, like the PlayStation versus Xbox thing is kind of a weird, like fan, like fan boy girl, like fabricated kind of thing. There is market competition for sure, but like yes. it's not as direct as it has been. And so like I, I don't see them doing that like directly. Maybe yeah, in, it's ghost to point it out. Ways. Yeah, it's ghost to put it to put point it out, but then also like I think in in subtle ways we could see them talk about like we can see PlayStation talking about their teraflops or like the direct talking points that Xbox has talked talked about so far. I can see PlayStation bring bring those up if they're uh, comparable comparable like we'll see but i I don't know how much of those are going to be like good to bring up in a direct direct comparison sort of way that's going to make it worth playstation kind of making that direct uh uh analogy to xbox i'm going to throw this idea out there as like a differentiator what if microsoft just went in their conference and also we're going to end xbox live gold we're converting all the time people have into game pass 
But if you want to play for free, you can play for free because like we already do it on PC. No point in doing it on consoles. What if they did that and forced Sony to have to have a response? That's the kind of competition I want to see. Of like, yeah. what if we just fuck with each other and not? It's not like it's not buying exclusives anymore. Like that's not the way to maintain a console leadership. It's now what can we do for the consumer in a way that makes the other console have to react? Yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm really excited to see when that kind of. This sounds like I'm transitioning. It's not. I'm not transitioning to the, <laughs> the out today. But like, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see like what those types of things are because I think that would be like a great. Um, I, like a great bullet in the chamber for for xbox right to be able to be like hey we're dropping that um or to even like further what they've kind of already been doing with xbox game pass in their their services like i do think that those that's where like the real conversation is um and i guess we'll continue this conversation tomorrow uh when playstation kind of does their their whole review but yeah. before we get into story number three I'm going to tell you about our ads because we're already far into the show <laughs> um and we don't have any, many questions weirdly enough and so today we're kind of funny games daily is brought to you by hymns 66 percent of men start to lose their hair by age 35 once you started no- once you notice thinning hair it can be too late the best way to prevent more hair loss is to do something about it while you still have some for hymns.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss skin care and sexual wellness for men it's time to write a new chapter one in which you have hair thanks to science baldness can be optional Hims is helping guys be the best versions of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help you treat hair loss. Prescription solutions backed by science. Hims was created by a guy who knows some health men's conversation. Some men's health conversations are easier online than in person. No more awkward in-person doctors' vis- visits or long pharmacy lines. Forhims.com connects you to to real doctors online, which can save you hours. Completely confidential and discreet. Answer a few quick questions a doctor will review, and if they determine it's right for you, can prescribe you medication to treat hair loss that's shipped directly to your door. Right now, my listeners can get started with their first month free. Go to forhims.com slash games daily. That's forhims.com slash games daily. Prescription requires an online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Offer is valid only only if prescribed. Three month minimum sub- subscription. Additional restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Remember, that's forhims.com slash games daily. We're also brought to you by Manscaped. Support for Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Fellas, bushes are out. Clean is in. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. I've been using Manscaped 3.0 for quite a few weeks now, and I can confirm it's easy to use. The built in light means better visibility, and I've not had a better razor for that part of the body. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for closer and more precise trimming. 
uh, and for more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your show your motor off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is rapid charging dock powered by USB. It's always a nice surprise for you and your partner when you actually see the tree stand taller when you trim the hedges back. I love this ad. <laughs> trim that junk of yours and get lucky this saint patty's day get 20 percent off plus free shipping with codes uh with code games 20 at manscape.com your balls will thank you get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code games 20 at manscape.com once again that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use code games 20 cheers to manscaping your lucky charms he's talking about dicks <laughs> They are talking about thick and balls. Number three, Doom Eternal, a Persona Five, Persona Five Royal. You guys are absurd. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a nice, innocent ad read. Who who would have thought that it could be? Legit. Anytime I see the Manscaped ad read, like I get a smile. Like I, I I get jolly inside (laughs) because I know it's gonna be a good one. Um, yeah. It's time for a Doom Eternal and Persona Five Royal review roundup. Let's start with Doom Eternal on Metacritic. Let's see. For Xbox and PC, Doom Eternal has a 90. For PS4, it has an 87. IGN gives Doom Eternal a 9 and says, Simply put, Doom Eternal is one of the best first-person shooter campaigns I've played in years. As the second game of its kind, it's lost some of its, some of its novelty, but none of the joy of its intense and furious combat style. This excellent refinement of the already outstanding 2016 reboot makes you an unspoken makes you an unspoken deal if you can keep up with it it will keep up with you it it continually teaches you how to play faster smarter and more efficiently with lots of options at every step of the way to tailor fights to your preferred slaying style and it's an absolute blast along the way pc gamer gives it a 94 and says doom eternal is a ceaseless panicked nightmare that pushes you to a point and click uh that pushes you to point and click with more skill and style than ever before. And then lastly, GamesRadar gave, uh, gives it a 3.5 and says, Doom Eternal is a smart iteration of what came before it that, uh, oh, let me say it. let me start that over. Doom Eternal is a smart iteration of what came before it that occasionally stumbles under its own desire to evolve. Imran, we've played Doom Eternal. Mm-hmm. We talked all about it on Gamescast, but for the people that haven't listened to Gamescast yet, what, what what's your take on how Doom Eternal is reviewing? What are your thoughts on Doom Eternal? Like, I think if we had a quote in here, it would have been, play it. Like, that should have been <laughs> our, yeah. our the summary of what we talked about. Like, we nitpicked here and there, but by and large, I think we all came down on the idea of Doom Eternal's campaign is one of the best FPS campaigns we've played in a long time. Yes, I 100% agree. Uh, I can see what the IGN review is saying about the novelty, because I kind of felt that also. Uh, yeah. in Doom, like, by the time I got halfway through Doom Eternal, like, I feel like the, 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 the specialness and, like, the... The uniqueness that Doom 2016 kind of had felt kind of lost because I was like, oh, yeah, this is another one of these now. Now there's like more than one of this kind of shooter. That said, the refinements and the and the, the the ways in which it builds on top of, on top of build, uh, or Doom 2016, I think are beautiful. And people should go check out our Gamescast where we talk all about it. Imran, are you ready to talk about Persona 5 Royal? I am ready to talk about Persona 5 Royal. So Metacritic, it has a 96 which Jesus Christ, that's 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 high. Um, it is high, but I, like the reviews are, I it's it was less reviewed than I thought it would be, like not in terms of score, just in terms of outlets. Yeah, I think like 
I think we'll see more reviews trickle in. Like, I know GameSpot has theirs in progress. I don't think IGN has theirs up yet. I it, I think it's one of those things where it's such a long game, and I don't know how long reviewers had to review it. And so we'll 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 get more reviews trickling in. But even like starting off at a ninety six, I think is pretty it's pretty wild. Right. Um. But the six axis gives it a ten and says Persona Five Royal is a stunning game that takes something which has already captured millions of hearts and makes it even better. This is the quintessential Persona experience. If you're new to the franchise, this game is for you. If you're a seasoned veteran, there is enough new and improved content that this game is still for you. Dual Shockers, uh, their unscored review states. For an updated re-release, Persona 5 Royal is certainly worth the price of admission for newcomers. And if you enjoyed the original and are eager to jump back into the fray, then there's certainly more than enough new content and improvements to justify a second purchase. And then lastly, RPG Site gives it a 10 and says, Persona 5 Royal isn't just my favorite Atlas re-release, it might just be my favorite Atlas game of all time. I've spent the last many days of my life playing this game nonstop, and I never expected Royal would have been good enough to suck me right back in. The original Persona 5 was one of the comfiest games I've ever played, and Royal's effort to add significant quality of life improvements on top of that is impressive. There are so many little details that Royal adds that I wasn't able that I wasn't even able to cover. I was blown away that the game somehow would keep keep surprising me with new features, even as far as 50 hours in. The entire game is just Persona 5, but more. If you love Persona 5 as I did, then Royal will completely blow you away. Imran, I've also been playing persona 5 royal i've not been playing much of it because i've been spending most of my time with doom eternal but i can say that i played probably like 30 30 minutes of persona 5 royal so far and even one percent of the game yeah like legit like 0.1 percent of the game and even in just that first 30 minutes i noticed things that had changed and things that were that were new that made me go oh snap like this is really cool like i didn't know how much i would play for the first like all right i didn't know how much persona 5 royal was going to play in general because persona 5 long game i love persona 5 but like it's not necessarily the type of game that i'm looking forward to playing over again but Mm -hmm. so far i'm looking forward to like seeing what's new because it seems like so far there's a lot that's that's new which is exciting to me have you reviewed a lot of games out of curiosity no well i've reviewed quite a few but like i for ok beast we reviewed games here in 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 there um but mostly we'd play them for podcasts Okay, but like, I guess the idea is: Do you think this game should be reviewed as an entire? Like, is this Persona Five plus new things, or are you just reviewing the new things? Because I feel like there's value in both kind of reviews, and all the reviews I've read so far are: Here is the entire package reviewed. And to that, I definitely think a ten is warranted. But if we're just talking about the new things, I kind of I'm curious where are what people think from that angle. Yeah, I it it. There, there's definitely value, value in both reviews because there are going to be people that are playing Persona 5 for the first time through Royal. And so, like, if I'm just at a store and I'm, like, I'm going to look up a review of this Persona 5 Royal game and I haven't played a Persona game before, then, like, I feel like the that value for a review to review to review the game as a whole definitely, like, you know, is, is valuable in that moment. But, yeah, in terms of reviewing Persona 5 Royal as what the new content is, it's it's a hard balance because like the history of the persona games like persona 4 golden for example right like i i came into persona 4 golden for the first time and i hadn't played persona the original persona 4 and from my from what i know right like the changes were significant but like if i went and played persona 4 i'd probably still enjoy it probably around the same amount like 
Right. Like the cha- like how much do the changes really change in the full experience? Um yeah, it, it, it's a it's a weird thing, and I don't even know. I don't know. If there's like a right answer to it. Yeah, to be clear, I'm not I, saying I, there should be like a single answer for every reviewer. I'm just kind of curious. For sure. Like, I want to see that perspective as well. Yeah. Number four, Sakurai has revealed Smash deal. The Smash Brothers DLC work has been affected by coronavirus. This comes from Andy Robinson of the Video Games Chronicle. Uh, he writes. Work on Super Smash Bros. Ultimate's DLC has been affected by the ongoing coronavirus outbreak. Direct- director Masahiro Sakurai has revealed. Writing in his latest Famitsu column, the designer said he recently had to delay a presentation to Nintendo on DLC development due to concerns around the virus. Even if Nintendo is able to continue its marketing efforts for future character reveals, its likely development will be slowed by the outbreak, Sakurai wrote. The game director and his team are currently working on Ultimate's second dlc character roster uh so i included that because we've had questions before about like game delays and like will game like should we worry about doom eternal or like games that are coming out when it comes to the coronavirus and i think what we kind of came down on was like games that are already like here like you don't really got to worry about like doom eternal is going to come out animal crossing is going to come out like games that are that are imminent are gonna are gonna come out but I'm honestly kind of worried about some of them on it. Like some of the April releases, I think they'll still come out, but I, yeah, we're at the point where maybe next month and two months from now, that's when we have to start being like, okay, let's see how these go. Yeah. Cause Greg made the salient point. I want to say on Friday or Thursday that um, like work from home can definitely affect like the, how, how fast games get developed or how progress is made um depending on like what the work from home infrastructure is for certain studios like certain studios have it down obviously given like like i forget what article was we read last week but like there's studios that were like oh yeah oh no we know how to work from home i think it might have been bungee or something like something like that they're like we know how to work from home but that's not necessarily like a set standard across the industry yeah i mean like like, also there's next gen games being developed like do they all get to take dev kits home i assume not because those things are nda to hell and back or like there's a bunch of games that are being they have outsourcing studios in China that obviously are not working right now, and a bunch of them have outsourcing studios in just general other places that probably aren't working right now. Like it's it's a question of yes, I think a lot of games are going to get finished, but I don't think there's going to be. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff we're just not going to hear about that is absolutely going to get pushed. Yeah, and so I think we'll start for sure seeing those ripples. Like I mean, we might start seeing them immediately, but for sure we'll start seeing them like late in the year or early next year and like when i say c like we might not even know like it'll probably be games that like haven't been announced yet or games that haven't announced dates yet that get pushed behind the scenes but yeah that's we're definitely gonna see this affects game uh timelines when they come out i mean it's like i was saying the other day like maybe resident evil 3 should be delayed not because I think the game's not done. It's obviously done. It's obviously gotten gold by now. But, like, one, it's a weird thing to release, like, in the middle of a global pandemic, the idea of escaping a lockdown city that's currently undergoing a zombie virus. But also, like, people can't go to the store and buy games right now. Like, they can obviously pay the, play them digitally, but people aren't going to buy those retail copies when they come back, when the stores open up. They're, you can't really ship the stores because who's going to like actually buy them or who's going to like pick up the copies of the stores and put them on shelves or like accept shipments. Uh, Best Buy, 
their whole online infrastructure for buying and selling online was that they would be able to ship from stores directly to like local shipping addresses. They can't do that now because no one's working in the stores. So a lot of like online infrastructure is going to get hit too for physical copies. Does this mean that we're going to get a complete shift to like a PSN store and the Steam and all that? Maybe. But honestly, I could see a lot of people just, a lot of publishers just thinking, what if we just delay a little bit? Because this, as bad as this gets, I think it'll probably clear up at some point. But by that point, how much money are you really losing? Yeah, I, I'm curious to see, to see what happens. Because I think like, yeah, with digital and with game delivery, that is now like we'll see how we'll see how deliveries go over the next couple months. But like, I, I'm with you that it it it's gonna get pretty weird over over it, the next couple of months to see how it's kind of progress. Gonna get worse before it gets better, and I think we all need to figure like figure out what our contingency plans are in that case. Yeah, in the in the same way though that like. Resident Evil 3, like, could maybe get delayed because of what the content was. Like, I tweeted this last night that, like, or maybe it was two nights ago, that uh, I I would love to see, I would love, like, the timeline where Death Stranding came out, like, say, like, this month as opposed <laughs> to five months ago to see, like, what that, what the conversation around that is like. Um, because, like, weirdly enough, there are quite a few games that, that are either out this year or that have been released recently that kind of have themes of pandemic like ghost recon or no not ghost recon rainbow six quarantine, quarantine yes. i think was supposed to come out in spring but it then got delayed with all the ubisoft delays and like that would have had to be a whole conversation like um i mean uh, like the, look at the japanese tsunami from uh, about 2012 2011 where there were games about tsunamis disaster report was supposed to come out the week after they canceled it and it literally killed the studio because they yeah. had to cancel a game that was ready to go because it was not tasteful to release it that week. Granted, it's not that bad. And I saw I see chat saying, like, things are still open. They're still open right now. I think the way San Francisco is right now is probably the way most of the country is going to go in the next couple of months. And if that's the case, then yes, stores are not going to be open. And that's yeah. going to be a larger problem than just you can't go to the store. It's going to affect a lot of things. Yeah. Number five. Gamescom prep continuing as planned despite Cologne event ban. This comes from James Blatchler at gamesindustry.biz. The organizers of Gamescom are confident the show will be held this August as planned despite a current ban on major events in its host city of Cologne. In a statement shared via Twitter, the team assured that it, would, that it is taking the ongoing outbreak of novel coronavirus COVID-19 seriously and, quote, the health of all trade fair visitors and partners is our top priority, end quote, end quote. On March 10th, the city of Cologne banned all major events with more than 10,000 attendees until April 10th. Gamescom 2019 attracted 373,000 people. However, Gamescom 2020 is due to run from August 25th to August 29th, so the organizers believe the event will be able to continue. Quote, we will follow all... We'll- we will, of course, follow the recommendations of the responsible authorities regarding major events, evaluate them on a daily basis, and make our decisions after careful consideration, the statement reads. Uh, the statement continues. The preparations for Gamescom 2020 are continuing as planned according to the current state for the determined date, end quote. The team assured that if the host that if host venue Colmes opts, <laughs> opts to cancel or postpone, I don't know if I pronounced that right at all, Coel- I'm going to assume Coel- no, but whatever, let's... Yeah. Cole we're not mess. German. 
Offs to cancel or postpone Gamescom, all ticket purchases from the official ticket shop will be refunded. Concerns around COVID-19 have already led to the postponement of GDC and cancellation of E3, making Gamescom the next major games event in danger of being affected by the pandemic. And this, this update came this morning. Tandem Events has also confirmed it is preparing to develop, develop Brighton with the hopes of running as scheduled. The company is monitoring the situation closely and taking advice from Public Health England, but since the conference is due to take place in July, it believes it will be safe to host the event. If Develop Brighton is canceled, Tandem will offer refunds on all passes. Imran, do you have any hot takes on <laughs> the uh, Gamescom thinking that, they, that this thing is going to happen in, in August? I admire the optimism. Like, I really want PAX to happen, and PAX is not that long after that. But yeah, same. Th- like, if there's any story that is the okay Jan gif in a nutshell, it's this. Like, who knows? I, if you asked me a month ago if we'd be in the situation we are now, I would have told you you're crazy. Yeah, I'd be but, like, no. Yeah, this is like, you can't, I, I, I would not predict August right now. I understand what they're doing and they're saying like we're not ready to cancel this quite yet because they do have like they do make money off this sort of thing and also it's a big event but yeah no like just say nothing right now <laughs> like yeah. you you can't just say you're monitoring the situation that's the best you can do I think a part of it I want to say they, they opened up ticket sales last week I think it was like the day that E3 got but those canceled. sales are going great was the deal was the day that they opened up ticket sales for Gamescom. And I think it's a thing where they're getting out here with this messaging because they want to be able to advertise t- ticket sales and be able to try and go business as usual as they monitor the situation. But it is one of those things where like I read I read their statement, I see what they're doing and I'm like we'll see man. Hopefully like I hope refunds are like a thing that they're doing. Yeah. Um and so, yeah, it seems like it says here, yeah, all ticket purchases from the official ticket shop will be refunded. And so, like, that's good. At the very least, ever, like, yeah, keep that door open. Have you ever been to a Gamescom or, like, no. seen video of it? On I've seen the, video of it. On the public days, it's a sea of people. Like It is. It's ridiculous. You, you don't even have elbow room. If you were trying to cough into an elbow, you would be coughing into someone else. Yeah. Like, there's no way if coronavirus is even still, like slightly dangerous or contagious and it will be like we're not going to solve this vaccination for ebola came like two years ago not like the and that thing was a problem during the obama administration like Mm -hmm. it's you're not going to be able to solve covid in the next couple of months i don't see a way that gamescom 2020 at least the way they usually hold it is going to exist imran i'm excited to see what happens with gamescom 2020 but that is so far away (laughs) Because it might be in 2021. Uh, but if I wanted to know what's coming to Mom and Grop shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Do, 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 yeah. Yeah. Out today, we got Overpass for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Kamiko for PS4. La Mulana 1 and 2 for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. RBI Baseball 20 for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. MLB The Show for PS4. I wonder if they purposely released those on the same day. Because that seems like a bad strategy for RBA Baseball. But I think it's purposely on RBI Baseball's part, not on MLB's. You think they get more sales when they're the same day? I think there are people who don't own a PS4 that, that want like, a baseball game. Yes. 
This is yeah. also, I, guess, I think, the last MLB exclusive uh, art, the show exclusive to PS4. So yeah. that strategy is not going to work in the future. Because I think that I think the the phrasing in the press release was like as early as 2021, we'll see MLB the show yeah. or other consoles. So we I can mean, pro- I, probably expect this to be the last one. They have dev kits now, so they're definitely oh, probably right. working on new stuff. And then we have Kingdom Hearts All in One package is out today for PS4. Imran, what what is that? Is that not just Kingdom Hearts 1.5 plus 2.5 HD remix? Plus three plus. Uh, plus I want to say the DLC. Yeah. It's all, all Kingdom Hearts content, basically. I don't... Oh. Well, it might not include the DLC. I'm sure Nanobiologist will, like, <laughs> tell us and you're wrong in a second. But, yeah. they. I feel like they could have come up with a better name for that thing. Like, maybe... That was the simplest name they ever put on a Kingdom Hearts product. It really is. Yeah. They should have called it, like, 3.0 or something like that. Like, something King, stupid. Kingdom Hearts like 10.0. Oh, my God. Uh, Night Swap is out today for switch rainbow rainbow toilets and unicorns is out today for ps4 apocalypse wow wait let me say that again apocalypse wow for pc and mac it's a color tongue title yeah pillars of dust for pc beardy mixed strong arm for pc zombie mutant dna for pc and then golf extreme is out today for pc um and then also uh exit the gungeon is out today for switch yeah new dates Green and Orcs Life is out today on Switch. And then Riot Games, the developer and publisher of League of Legends, today announced that Teamfight Tactics will arrive in the App Store and Google Google Play on March 19th, 2020. And then also for new dates, um, all the Indie World stuff happened. And so there's a new date in there. I didn't copy it over because I did not have time. But it's all like spring, summer that like nothing specific. Yeah, it's like most of it is 2020. But yeah, and not much of it was an exact date. I think there's something that's out March 19th, possibly from the indie world. But maybe you're wrong. I don't know. Then deal of the day this Thursday, March 19th, all Able Light games on the App Store will be 99 cents. This includes Hyperlight Drifter. So get on that. Now it is time for Reader Mail. You can write into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. And we already read ads, and so I don't got to go through <laughs> that again. Uh, Evan from Indiana wrote in and says, Hey, KFGD crew. I wanted to write in to comment on the news of yesterday's Xbox proprietary storage requirements. I think this is a massive mistake on their part and probably Sony's if they follow suit. And I really don't understand why they chose this route. While I haven't seen any of the benefits of the super fast storage besides the, the Spider-Man demo, to me, a normal SSD would do just fine to improve loading times without the extreme cost. One terabyte of storage costing $250 is ludicrous when games can easily be 50 to 100 gigabytes. I, I upgraded my PS4 HDD or hard drive to two terabytes or, uh to two terabytes years ago for $80 and never regretted it. While my friends with the standard 500 gigabytes hard drive are con- are constantly having to delete uh, and reinstall games. While this proprietary storage would certainly load faster and perform better, better than PC hardware due to its custom nature, I don't agree at all that this that it's worth the massive cost, of, uh, cost that comes with it. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. Keep up the great work. Imran, I saw you tweeting a little bit about the the um proprietary hard drive yesterday do you have any thoughts so i got a number of responses to that and like it does seem from microsoft's perspective they seem to think that games should be targeting this specific speed for their 
existing storage. And the way it's made, I'm not a technical guy, but it seems like it has to target this or the games just won't run the same way. You can still use USB storage in the background to transfer stuff in and out, and it will ha also handle Xbox One and earlier games. But it does seem like it won't, it'll all depend really on how well you can transfer from USB to the existing storage and how fast that process is. If it takes like five minutes, then maybe it's not a huge deal. If it takes even less than that, then great. Uh, I How they're going to handle like like the the overall adding new storage thing, if it's even a thing that people really want or need, is another open question. I don't I don't think it's going to be as big a deal as we think it is. I think it's probably going to be a I think people decided to deal with like, yeah, I only have one terabyte and that sucks, but like we'll live. As yeah. time goes on the generation, maybe prices fall down, maybe that stuff gets cheaper. We'll have to see. This is one I'm excited to see this technology at work. I don't think it's going to be as bad as we think. Uh, but I hope like the technology makes whatever trade offs we make for it worth it. DH Canada writes in and says, What what is up, Greg and Tim? Uh, this is probably for yesterday, but I took it for today because I like this question. Um, or who is that, whoever is able to figure out this work from home thing. So the Sony slash Kojima slash Konami rumors are even crazier now with Sony allegedly trying to buy multiple IPs from Konami. Does this make it more or less believable for you guys? Also, if it is true that Sony is buying, I, buying up IP that is no longer being used by different publishers, what IP would you want them to buy next? I'm hoping if it is true, I'm hoping if it is true, uh, and with their history of remakes plus the relationship with Square, someone finally gives us what we want. Hashtag remake the bouncer. Stay safe, everyone. Uh, thanks, DH Canada. Um, Imran, have you heard about these rumors? Yes. The Konami Sony rumors? I think it's what bullshit. Is, <laughs> like it's it evolved in such an interesting way because it started off last week as just just Silent Hill and Silent Hills. Yes. And me and Greg talked about it, and both of us were excited about it. With with the caveat that like we're taking it with a huge grain of salt because it sounds too good to be true. But the idea of Sony approaching Konami to license out Silent Hill so that they can make two different, like a Silent Hill game and a Silent Hills game, doesn't sound too crazy. But it is one of those things where it's like we'll we'll see. Now the rumors have elevated to a place where people are talking about them approaching Konami for Metal Gear and Castlevania and other things, and it sounds like now it sounds like way too good to be true. And now I'm just like I I I don't necessarily buy any of it. No, yeah, that that's too far. I think the Silent Hill stuff is rooted in reality. I think there was a... God, I don't remember the guy's name, but it was any developer that was remaking PT on PC. And he was doing such a good job that Konami like called him and offered him a job. It was like, hey, do you want to come work with us? At the time, that developer said that Konami explained to him they were going to get back into video games and they wanted to get back in a big way. In that sense, I believe the Silent Hills coming back rumor... To, or Silent Hill in general coming back rumor to be true. Mm -hmm. But beyond that of Sony trying to buy IPs, why would they do that? Like they don't benefit from buying IPs directly. They would benefit from licensing them out or licensing yeah. them from Konami. Konami doesn't benefit from selling them, especially like we said, yeah. like if they're intending to get back in a video game at some point, they would make more money from bad Metal Gear games than they would from selling the IP to Sony. Also, Sony doesn't buy IPs. They buy companies. They would buy Konami outright, and Konami does too many non-game things to do that. And Konami doesn't separate. That it's so confusing that 
absolutely I don't believe that extra part of the the extra part of the rumor seems like fan wish fulfillment of what if Sony bought Castlevania? What if they bought Metal Gear? And it's like yeah, sure. What if Nintendo bought Bomberman or anything like, like Nintendo funded Bomberman actually. Like it's that's the way it's probably going to work of if Sony wants this as an exclusive, they'll pay money to have it as exclusive. They won't go, no, we don't trust you guys with this. We're going to buy the IP and do it. It's happened before. Like not, it's not without precedence. Microsoft bought Gears of War from Epic, but Epic was done with it. Epic was not going to make another Gears of War game. This is it, a mostly different situation that seems to mostly, this seems to be built on the idea of, I would love if Sony did this and also fuck Konami. And I don't think those two things are as rooted in reality as people think they are. Yeah. What do you think of the idea that if this if this Silent Hill stuff turns out to be like true and PlayStation does license out the IP from Konami, do you think that then opens the door for Metal Gear and, and like an actual partnership with PlayStation and Konami going forward that then kind of turns into this dream scenario of like Castlevania coming back and all these different Konami IP? I mean, if in that situation... Yes, theoretically, if it's a big success, Konami would be like, yeah, let's keep doing this. And if, so- if it's a big success, Sony would want to keep doing it. I just don't see a situation where Sony does that and doesn't just do their own game instead. Like, why would you make a Castlevania when you already own Bloodborne? Like, the Castlevania yeah. name doesn't have that much cachet. It's huge, I guess, but not that huge. Like, not yeah. enough to warrant the cost. Yeah. Now it's time for kind of funny.com slash you're wrong where you write in write in and let us know what we got wrong during the show uh, i should say we didn't have a squad up because uh nobody wrote in with a squad up and so of course if you want to squad up also write into patreon.com slash kind of funny games with your squad up you can play games with the community let's see here and you're wrong nail ball just writes in and says panic published untitled goose game annapurna did publish what remains of either finch um let's see here Oh, the, yeah. Devolver announced that Enter the Gungeon has the gun dead arcade cabinet with light guns at E3. So that's what we we're thinking of. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. Um, Nail Ball just writes in with breaking news, which I think I saw during the show. Uh, GameSpot, or not GameSpot, GameStop cancels midnight release events for Animal Crossing and Doom. Good. Let's see here. Nail Biologist says Kingdom Hearts all in one package does not include DLC, but it does include two point the two point eight final chapter prologue. This is previously available digitally leading up to three's launch for a hundred dollars and gave people a pre purchase of three for the PS4. Sure. Great. Do that thing then. Include it in the package. Because that would be sixty dollars for Kingdom Hearts three, but then forty dollars for two point eight. The DLC was like thirty to forty bucks already. Like if you bought the concert with it. And it's it's not DLC that's worth that much. Like I I don't dislike it, but it's not worth that much. Let's see. Exit CG the Gungeon. Uh, yeah, it says Exit the Gungeon is also on PC today. Yeah. So and then misstate Spawn is out for early access in MK11 today as well. And then I think that rounds us out because all this other stuff looks like just clarification. Uh, and that's it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. This week's hosts, because Greg did the whole this week's host thing, and I, it's changed since then. So this week's <laughs> hosts are for the rest of the week. Tomorrow, it's Greg and Gary Witta. Thursday, it's me and Tim. And then Friday, 
it's greg and me of course we're on a work from home schedule currently and so if the vibe seems different that's why i'm in my apartment or not even apartment i'm in my room just chilling got the space heater on um i got i saw chat talking about your harry potter bed yeah chat was talking about that during the thing and then like also last night we did a stream test and chat was saying that I looked like a cam girl because of how my setup looks because I'm sitting next to my bed, I guess. I don't know. And so <laughs> imagine that. Put that in your mind. Um, I'm not. Course, I'm going to never do that. Chat, put that in your mind. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.